I think over the intermediate term, $50 silver has a magnet on it. You know, whether that happens this year or early next year remains to be seen. But going back throughout um, the previous bull markets, whenever gold makes a new all-time high, it's it's very typical for silver to follow suit just behind and lag behind and make a new all-time high after. Physical silver and gold in your hands. Personal service, competitive prices, and zero complaints. That's Miles Franklin. Call us at 1-800-822-8080 or email us at info at milesfranklin.com. Hey everyone, this is Elijah K. Johnson with the Miles Franklin Market Update. And back with us today is Steve Penny from silverchartist.com. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Elijah, thanks for having me back again. Definitely. And I wanted to have you back on really to give your take on the metals rally we've seen this month. You're saying that gold and silver are both hitting key resistance levels. What are you seeing happening right now? Sure. Um, So talking about gold first, we had that double bottom at 1675 last month. And we've seen a really encouraging rally off of those lows, which is, um, I think, a, a good way to put it how I stand right now is cautiously optimistic. Um, however, we came up and tapped the $1,800 level, just a few dollars shy of there, and we're been, we've been consolidating below there for a few days. So $1,800 is pretty significant resistance, but really the, the big resistance to watch on gold is the upper boundary of this eight-month downtrend channel, and that upper boundary kind of coincides with the 200-day moving average, and that's currently up around uh, 1840, if memory serves me correctly. So that's really the big resistance to watch. Once we get above there, I think we could see a really nice sustained rally in gold. What kind of a rally are you looking for if we get above that 1800 level? Okay, so there, there's I have two answers for that. Uh, one, just looking at the chart and being objective, an objective technical analyst, I would look at this, let's call it an eight-month downtrend channel, going back to August of last year, a little bit of a sideways consolidation. And it would be very t- typical from a technical perspective to see symmetry back on the way up. So we had eight months down, eight months back up, and that would put us testing um, the previous all-time high of $2,089 towards the end of this year. Now, a lot of uh, people in the gold community, including myself, would be disappointed with that. You know, we want to see all- new all-time highs quick. And uh, so just looking at the charts, that's my baseline assumption. However, I, I want to say that, you know, silver and gold can see a really quick spike at any moment. And I fully expect that to happen. Just a matter of when that happens, um, I don't know. But it wouldn't be surprising at all to see a really quick vertical spike this year. So still on gold, how strong is the uptrend that we're seeing? I mean, could we see this reverse and it could to go lower? We're above an 18-month, uh, year-and-a-half uptrend line. Uh, but whenever you're below a two, the 200-day moving average, that's when you want to be a little bit cautious because these institutional trading algorithms that really drive these markets, especially the paper prices, um, they kind of are in sell the rally mode whenever you're below a 200-day moving average. And we're still below there. So the trend, um, you know, it's not super strong right now. However, the fundamentals are just wildly bullish. I don't think you can think think of a time in all of history, especially the United States, that's been a more bullish environment fundamentally for uh, silver and gold. And that's a good point as you touch on the fundamentals is sometimes we can get caught up in the price action, which for trading, that's a good thing. You don't want to stay up to date with the day-to-day price action. But for holding for the long term, holding physical metals, sometimes 
it's better to focus on the fundamentals, right? And so did you want to expand on that? We were just talking before the interview how, yeah, there is, it doesn't seem like there's been a better opportunity, better fundamentals for precious metals. I mean, when it comes to the money supply, when it comes to some people say, you know, the economy, I mean, what is your take on really the fundamentals for holding gold and silver right now? Sure. And I, I think having a fundamental grasp is more important than a technical grasp because understanding the fundamentals can give you the conviction to hold through this kind of wild volatility, especially to the downside, because this kind of price action that we've seen over the last eight months, you know, it's, it can be pretty um, uh, uh, disturbing if you're not used to this and you don't have a fundamental uh, conviction. So I was just looking at some charts earlier today and I was just blown away looking at a chart for the M1 money supply, um, looking at it right here in January of 2020. M1 money supply was $18 trillion, or excuse me, $4 trillion, $4 trillion. One year later, on February 1st, 2020, M1 money supply had blown out to $18 trillion. I mean, that is simply stunning. That is mind-blowing. Just that alone, if I was not familiar with uh, you know, that chart, I would say, well, I got to own some physical gold if I didn't own any already. Um, in addition to that, I was looking at our debt-to-GDP ratio. We're at an all-time high on the debt-to-GDP ratio, surpassing uh, the post-World War II level of 118%. We're now at like 130% debt-to-GDP ratio, and history suggests that this is almost impossible to turn around from without some kind of currency crisis. So that's the fundamental backdrop for where we are. Uh, I like to say fundamentals tell me what to buy, and the technicals tell me when to buy. So my fundamental conviction has really never been stronger over the long term. Now, you mentioned the money supply and how it's increased significantly over the last year. Now, some people would argue, well, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Yes, it's monetary inflation, right? The amount of money out in circulation. But it's also important that doesn't necessarily translate to price inflation because you have to have money velocity. Money has to be changing hands. And that's not something we're seeing a lot of right now. What is your perspective on that? Do you see this monetary inflation, the increase in the money supply, actually increasing uh, prices and causing price inflation. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think Mises defined inflation as an increase in the money supply. Rising prices is a symptom of, of that inflation, and we haven't seen the symptom yet. But there's often a delay between you know, the, the, the expansion of the money supply and then seeing that in prices. However, I would argue that we are seeing it in prices. You just got to look in the right places. You know, look at the stock market, look at real estate, look at automobiles. Um, the groceries, grocery bills. So we are seeing it in some asset classes, um, just not others. And I, I think that's going to come. And, you know, money velocity is really a psychological effect. And it's hard to measure quantitatively a psychological phenomenon. So trying to pinpoint when that psychological shift is going to happen is, is very difficult to do. And I think the price charts can tell us, you know, when that starts to happen. And then getting back and focusing on silver now, what is your perspective on like what kind of uh, key resistance levels are we approaching right now? Yeah, so silver, it, it continues to look stronger than gold. Price is above a 50 and 200 day moving average. So that's encouraging. We just talked about the institutional trading algorithms being in a sell or rally mode with gold. Well, it's the opposite with silver. When price is above those two key moving averages, the institutions tend to be in a buy the dip mode. So that's encouraging. However, we're still in this, call it uh, eight or nine month sideways trading range between $22 on the very low end and $30 on the high end. So really, the, the key number to watch from a big picture perspective is $30. If you want to be really specific, $30.35 was the high on February 1st from that silver squeeze spike. So once we clear that level, I think that's when we can see a really nice uh, rally in silver. 
And what, again, what kind of a rally do you see uh, for silver at that point then? So I think over the intermediate term, $50 silver has a magnet on it. Um, you know, whether that happens this year or early next year remains to be seen. But going back throughout um, you know, previous bull markets, whenever gold makes a new all-time high, it's very typical for silver to follow suit just behind and lag behind and make a new all-time high after. And, you know, I, I probably said this on your show before, but silver is the only commodity on the planet, to my knowledge, that's below its 1980 high. And it's, only, it's still half of that. So $50 silver really isn't as sensational as it might sound to a generalist investor who's, you know, maybe never heard of those kind of price targets before. And what you've mentioned also is the cup and handle we're seeing kind of a 40 year cup and handle for silver, where we saw the cup, the tops of the cup rate right, would be the 1980 high and the 2011 high. What does a cup and handle normally signify or predict for prices going forward? Yeah. So for people who may not be familiar with that technical pattern, a cup and handle is basically you have a big cup. It's kind of like a rounded bottom. And then you get a handle where it retraces about usually about 33% of the previous move. And this is a massive pattern we're talking about on silver. So going back to 1980, we peaked at like $48 and change, came back and had this massive, you know, 30 plus year cup, came up to $48 again in 2011. And then we've carved out this other 10-year side of the handle. So what that tells you is once you get above $48, you can expect a really significant move. And one simple way to project that measured move, they call it, would be just to take the, the handle part and flip it over. And that would give you uh, roughly $35 to the upside. So call it $85 silver. Now, that, that's over you know a couple-year time horizon. So really, once we get above $48, call it $50, I think that signifies the next phase of the bull market. It's not like the end of it because we're reaching $50. I think breaking through 50 will just signal the next um, phase of the bull market. Now, when we talk about $85 silver, a lot of people have talked about, you know, triple digit silver and even beyond that. So when we talk about those kinds of prices, do you think fundamentally those kinds of prices are justified? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I mean, physical or physical silver is such a small market. And not only do we see industrial demand increasing, but investment demand is really increasing. I just read something from Steve San Angelo the other day saying that 2020 was the first time in, I can't remember how long, but it's been a very long time, that investment demand actually outstripped um, industrial demand for silver. That hasn't happened in a very long time. And we're, we're in the early innings of this trend. And it's such a small market. There's less than a billion ounces mined globally every year. And that also includes recycling and things like that. So if just a very small percentage of the population says, hey, I want a little bit of silver, you know, there's just not the supply. And of course, that would have to resolve itself in much higher prices. So $85 silver doesn't seem uh, too sensational to me at all. In fact, over the longer term, I, I expect much higher prices than that, even that. If you were to put like a price target on what do you think the fundamental value of silver would be, uh, do you have like a price target? I know it's hard because of the value of the dollar, right, is is uh, changing. Sure. And so I, I, I'm always reluctant to give these targets because you don't want to be that guy who's always saying sensational things. And then it's easy to dismiss uh, those kind of people. But logic would tell me that 2026 yields a price target of around $300 silver. And I actually think that's fairly conservative. And before people write me off, I'll just say that the logic for that is that's the average of the previous two bull markets of uh, gold. And then I use a 50 to one gold silver ratio. So the previous two bull markets averaged about a 15x return in gold. And the average duration was 10 years. 
So if gold bottomed at $1,000 in January of two, uh, 2016, it was actually $1,045. 15X that gives you $15,000 gold in 2026. And if you apply a 50 to 1 gold to silver ratio, that gives you $300 silver. So, you know, am I predicting that exact number? No, but I think that just gives a, a nice logical roadmap uh, to set some baseline expectations over the long term. Now, as for the miners, if we look at those technically, what are the mining sectors for gold and silver uh, showing right now? This is actually encouraging. The senior gold miners led on this decline and they got more oversold. Surprisingly, the junior silver miners held up uh, even better. And when institutions and big money come into these sectors, they go first to the senior gold mining stocks and the big ETFs like GDX. So what's encouraging here is GDX has been the first to break out from that eight-month downtrend channel that all of uh, the minor, miners and the metals have been in. So I think that's, that's a sign that they're going to lead on the way back up. And they may be signaling the low here as GDX breaks out. And I think the junior silver miners will probably follow suit. Now, as for the other metals, for example, the base metals we're seeing in copper right now, it's approaching an all-time high. What is your take on the recent uh, dramatic increase we've seen in copper? Yeah, we, we cover copper in our, our report as one of our two favorite battery metals, which are copper and nickel. And I believe the all-time high in copper is $4.60. And if memory serves me correctly, we're approaching that level right now. We just broke out from the previous uh, recent high. Um, so copper is overbought on the weekly and monthly chart, and my contrarian nature does not like to chase um, things that have run up so far so fast. However, I do think that over the intermediate to longer term, copper and in commodities in general, but especially copper, is going to do very well. However, in the short term, uh, a pullback would be welcome and unsurprising. No, it's often been talked about how you know, there's a lot of industrial demand for silver. Uh, is that kind of the same thing for copper? What's driving the copper price right now? Yes, uh, copper and nickel are the two primary battery metals. And with this electrification of, uh, you know, going on globally, a lot of previously third world countries are now getting electrical grids, uh, the EV revolution with the cars. So there's a lot of demand for copper and nickel for electrical uses. So that that's really the primary uh, driver behind copper right now. So essentially what you're saying is it seems a bit overbought right now, but for the long term, you're probably still bullish on, on copper because of the d industrial demand. Exactly, yeah. The last step we could like to discuss is the silver squeeze movement. I mean, we already saw that at the end of, um, at the end of January, beginning of February, and we've seen so much demand at Miles Franklin here. May 1st is the 10th anniversary of the uh, silver price dropping after it approached $50 in 2011. And now a lot of people are looking to buy silver on May 1st. What is your perspective on this whole movement? Well, first of all, I support it 100%. And I still remember with vivid clarity exactly where I was at that moment on May 1st, 2011, when the silver price on a Sunday evening, late Sunday evening was smacked by like $6 in a matter of minutes. And that preceded the announcement where Obama uh, they said they got bin Laden or something like that. You know, they always tie these um, silver smashes to some kind of news event. And I, I still remember I was a relatively new investor just thinking, what just happened? Six dollars in, in a matter of like a minute or two. Um, and that was probably the, the most blatant act of manipulation in the silver market uh, ever. 
So uh, I fully support the silver squeeze movement and just some guiding principles for people. Here, here's some it's easy to get emotional about these markets. So number one, you know, do what's right for your family first. You know, don't don't go out and buy physical if it's using the, um, you know, your rent money or your mortgage money. You know, it's easy to do things like that. I would have done that 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and number two, I would say start with physical silver. If you don't have any, start with physical because there's a big movement out there to go buy PSLV. And I support PSLV 100%. I believe they are physically backed and they take thousand ounce bars off the market which is really what puts these um, the paper price under pressure. Not necessarily retail demand, but these 1,000-ounce bars. But I think you got to do what's right for your family first. And if you don't own physical metal, I would do that, prioritize that over uh, PSLV. So I guess those are, those are my brief thoughts on the silver squeeze movement. Definitely. And yeah, there's this, this big debate about whether precious metals are manipulated. And we'll, we'll put a link in the description of this video so people can kind of learn all about that. And I think one of the other big things about the movement is not necessarily just like to stop manipulation, but also to take control of your wealth, right? To really have something in your own possession that is valuable that's outside of the system. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Steve Penny, thank you so much for your time today. Before we let you go, did you want to share with the viewers any last thoughts you had and where people can find you online? I think this opportunity right now that we're seeing in the commodities market, specifically silver and gold, is a rare opportunity for people to really get ahead financially. And we, we like to see people get that time freedom to pursue life's higher callings. And that's that's our mission at Silver Chartist. And you can find more at silverchartist.com. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if people would like to hear more of these interviews, they can hit the subscribe button and the bell icon. Once again, Steve Penny, thank you so much for your time and God bless. Thank you, Elijah. Physical silver and gold in your hands. Personal service, competitive prices, and zero complaints. That's Miles Franklin. Call us at 1-800-822-8080 or email us at info at milesfranklin.com.